weeks. We paused last week because of a guest uh, that we had here, Pastor Ron McKee. He did a great job. Wasn't that a powerful message? And uh, today we're going to pick up where we left off, and this is the last uh, message in the installment that, uh, of this series, of series that we're doing, and it's called Obsessively Give Generously. And we, we've been talking about the importance of generosity and uh, how it affects our lives, but most importantly, what we're trying to do is we're trying to make disciples. Uh, we're trying to help people become fully committed disciples because that's one of our missions as, as a believer is to go make disciples of all nations. And, and so this is part of it. Uh, if we examine, when we examine scripture, we see that generosity is part of a discipleship trait. And uh, it's something that we all have to learn and need to learn if we haven't learned and walk in it. Uh, I've, I've said this in the past that we're taking steps. Uh, it's not something that you're going to arrive to automatically. It's going to be something that you grow into. Uh, and so if you're not there today, don't be condemned. Just know that there's room for growth, and there is for all of us. And, uh, and so I want to take you to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, first of all. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Get this, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now notice one of our responsibilities is to teach people to obey all that Jesus has commanded. And so I want to talk about a disciple's obedience today, and uh, and how our obedience will make a world of difference in our lives. God intended for our lives to shape and begin to uh, take a certain design, and our the design of our life will never come about without us being obedient. If we'll be willing and obedient, we'll eat the best of the land. And so it takes obedience in our life in order to accomplish the will of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God in and through our life. How many of you understand that? And so there is a disciple's obedience that we need to capture in our life. And so I'm not going to go back and recap all the different uh, messages that we've done on this series. I encourage you, if you haven't caught them all, to go back and listen to them. Because every one of them are important. Every one of them is like a mix of, of an, agreed, an ingredient that, that builds generosity in our life. And uh, it, 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 just, it just does. It, it produces in our life. Uh, I, when I talk about generosity, I think one of the biggest things that people struggle with is the what ifs. What if I become gen- generous? And uh, what if I don't have enough? What if uh, I, I give and in, in, in scripture doesn't prove out in my life? What if? What if I get taken advantage of? What if, you know, all these what ifs. Can I tell you that you're to be led by the word and by the spirit of God and not by fear? Most people are led by fear, led by emotion, and not led by the word of God and by the spirit of God. 
So you've got to settle the fact of how you're going to be led because fear is never going to take you down a path that's going to produce the best in your life. Fear is always going to take you down a path that's always going to leave you lacking. And, and so, so you don't want to be led by fear. You're going to be led by something, by the way. Every one of us are led by something. And, and so we, we need to determine in our lives that we are going to be led by design or we're going to be led by default. By design, we are led by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God because we purpose to focus our minds and our hearts on the things of God. Or... By default, we're going to be led by our emotions or by fear or by circumstances in and through our lives. Does that make sense, guys? And so what I want to do is I want to help us to grow into the disciples that God wants us to grow into. So I'm going to take an unusual story and and talk about a disciple's obedience. And uh, it's the feeding of the 5,000. How many have heard that story? Uh, You've been around church. Uh, You've probably heard that story where... Uh, Jesus took five loaves and two fish. They were out and they were ministering. And the Bible said that they went out to a deserted place and, and, uh, and, and Jesus was ministering for a long time. I mean, he, he had been ministering for a long time and the disciples were like, man, is he ever going to get done? <laughs> I, I, I'm sure that's what happened because, because the disciples came to Jesus at, 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 during, during his time of ministry and said, Jesus, the day is wearing away like Jesus wasn't aware of it. Yeah. It's like, man, these people are getting hungry. We need to send them away to the nearby cities and, and because we're in a deserted place here and, and there's, no, there's, no, there's no food to feed them. You know what it was? The disciples were hungry. The disciples were wanting, uh, they're wanting to get home and watch some football. I think that's, amen, that's probably what it was. And they were wanting to feed their stomach. Now, these were young men. You, don't, you, you may not understand this or know this, but uh, the majority of Jesus' disciples were teenagers. I mean, uh, as far as I know, Peter was the only one that was, uh, was not. And uh, so they were young people. And let me tell you something about teenagers. They like to eat. Let me tell you something about men. They like to eat. Isn't that right? Women do too. You're right. And I don't need any help preaching. But my mind had already gone there before you said that. I'll go ahead and throw out the story. No, I better not, because I'm, I, 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 I want to utilize the time wisely here. Yeah, women can eat too. And so Jesus said, you know what, guys? I want you to resolve the problem. And Jesus told them, he didn't suggest it, he didn't ask it. He told them, you give them something to eat. You remember the story? So we're talking today about a disciple's obedience. And I want to pick up that story. We know, by the way, from Matthew's gospel, even though we're reading from Luke's gospel, from Matthew's gospel, but that there was not only 5,000 men, but there were women and children beside the men. 
And so there was a lot of people, probably uh, conservatively 25,000 people there that needed to be fed. I want you to think about this. And, uh, and so the disciples said this, in, uh, we'll start in verse 13, it says, But he said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish. Are you kidding me? Jesus, how are we going to do this? Unless we go and buy food for all these people. There's no way that we can feed anybody with all of this, hardly anybody with this. And, uh, and then it tells us that there was 5,000 men there, but again, Matthew tells us uh, that there was more than just men. There were women and children. And, and then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in, in groups of 50. And, and so they did so. Again, he commanded them to do something, and they made them sit down. And then he took the five loaves. After, the, after he commanded them to sit down and he instructed his disciples to do it and, he, and not to lean on their own understanding because that's where people are. They lean on their own understanding. And understand, five loaves and two fish, that was very generous. Somebody was giving up their lunch. When you have nothing else to eat, you've been there all day, that's generosity. And then verse 16 says, he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking to up to heaven, he blessed and broke them. And he gave them to the disciples to sit before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled and 12 baskets of leftover fragments were taken up by them. There's three things I want to share that I want to talk about, about in, in talking about the disciples' obedience First of all, number one, God blesses, not curses, what is generously given away. He blesses, not curses, what is generously given away. I say that because many people think it's a, bless, it's a curse to give things away. I've heard people even say, well, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. That's not a curse of the law. Generosity was from the very beginning. It still is an act, uh, It's still active today. I remember one lady in our church years and years ago. She uh, it was during Christmas time, and she had received a uh, her husband had received a a, a uh, what do you call it uh, when you get extra money the bonus. bonus yeah that thing <laughs> had received a bonus uh, during Christmas, and she she says. Do we have to tithe on this? And, and my thought is you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Uh, yes, you should tithe on any increase that you get, but you don't have to do anything. But in her mind, it was a curse, not a blessing. Because people have a wrong perspective of of generosity. They, they think it's, it's a curse to give. It's not a curse, it's a blessing. Anything that's placed in the hands of Jesus, you're doing it unto the Lord, it is, a, it is blessed by the Lord. He takes it and he blesses it, not curses it. Isn't that good? When I saw that, I, I just wanted to shout. It's like, Lord, anything we put in your hands is blessed. And so I, I, I wrote this down, God will not ruin you. 
When you put him first, he's not going to ruin you. He's going to bless you. Uh, There's a couple of names that all of us know that I'm going to share with you. They choose to honor God. They choose to tithe the first of their week under the the Lord. And and one of them is named Chick-fil-A. Another one is uh, Hobby Lobby. How many of you have ever heard of them? These people are constantly, constantly uh, busy and, and, and just blessed. Why? Because they've chose to honor God with their, with their, with their business. Amen? It's good stuff. And Jesus said it this way. He says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's a blessing. So, I want to say this again. A disciple's obedience... When, they, when we act in obedience to God, God blesses, not curses, what is generously given away. Amen. Secondly, I want you to see from this story, is that God multiplies and not subtracts what is generously given away. Yeah. Remember, he, 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 he told them, sit down in companies of 50, and then he said, he, he said give me those, you know, those five loaves, the two fish, and, and he began to give it to his disciples, and the disciples fed everyone. That's multiplication. When we give, naturally, we might think that when we give, it's being subtracted, but we need to start changing, changing our thinking and understand that it's, it's being multiplied. When we sow what you sow, you reap. You reap a harvest. Isn't that true? So you reap a harvest anytime you sow. You need to understand your sowing also is a seed that will produce a harvest in your life. I love that. And that's always God's been God's intent for us. Ever from the very beginning, from the very beginning of creation, he created us to multiply. He he mandated us to multiply. Genesis, let me just read it to you, 1 verse 26, And God said, let us make man in our own image according to our own likeness. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. Then he blessed them. Isn't that interesting? And then it goes on to say, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Why? Because anything God blesses, he multiplies. He says, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So when we operate in, in obedience, God takes what we give and he blesses and then he multiplies it and not subtracts it. I'm hoping to build some faith in here. Because God wants to bless our life. He wants to multiply our life. He doesn't want to subtract our life. He wants to multiply our effectiveness. He wants to oh, oh, multiply our, our impact. He wants to multiply our influence in the lives of others. Our generosity ought to make a kingdom impact. It ought to help advance the kingdom of God. And I'm not talking about just giving to the church, although that's vitally important. We can do so much more when we all come together and and do our part. But I'm going to say this too. There ought to be people that you ought to be generous towards because God wants to reach them. And it's through your generosity that it makes way for you to have a voice in their life. 
so that you can lead them to Christ. So we need to be generous. I love that. Generosity enables us to to reach far and to accomplish much. I received a I received a letter from one of our our um, one of our ministries that we support. It's a church planting ministry called Surge, and uh, this ministry uh, we plant uh, thousands and thousands of churches. Uh, to date, as far as I have written down, we have uh, planted over 22,000 churches through Surge. That's, that's crazy. It's overseas. It's much cheaper to plant overseas. Uh, this weekend, in attendance through all those churches that have been planted through Surge, that we contribute at least, we contribute 2% of our income that goes to that church or that ministry. And uh, there's over a million people in attendance in those 22,000 churches. Isn't that crazy? Multiplication. The impact we have. And, uh, and, and so I got a letter from him, uh, from his ministry. And, and to, to date, this year, we have already planted 58 churches. And we're, we're just at the beginning of the year. And we're talking about across the world, Brazil, China, uh, Cuba, Honduras, uh, India, Indonesia, Libya, Libya, Libya uh, just South America, South Asia, China, just Cuba, all over the world, we are planting churches. It's just multiplied. God takes the little and he, he does so much more than what we can do. Let me, let me just say this. Now, that's what we do through a church. But individually, there's no telling. When you're reaching out to people that are unchurched, that are far from Christ, and you're just being generous, and you just buy their meal, or you, you're in a grocery store, and God prompts you to buy somebody's groceries that's in line because you, you, just because he's leading you to do that. And you're not trying there to figure out what he's trying to do. You're just being obedient, a disciple's obedience, and you're just following through and doing it. The, the impact that can happen, who, you know, could be the next Billy Graham that you just reached. That's touching the world. We've even created some cards, some business cards, that say, and they're on the, on the, on the uh, welcome center uh, counter, it says something extra to show that Jesus loves you. It says that on one side and it just has our name and our website on the other side. That's all. And, uh, and, and I've heard of miracles and miracles that have taken place over the years through other churches that do something similar. Where somebody's in line and they're buying their meal and they hear somebody... Uh, behind them that's uh, placing the order and they say hey let me buy their meal and they give them a card like this and and uh and i've heard of one testimony that somebody was getting their last meal and they were going to go eat it and for some reason they were going to go take their life they had them handed them a card and it says something extra just to let you know that jesus loves you and and they eventually got saved and turned their life because of that one happy meal or whatever it was that they bought There's no telling what God can do in and through our lives. 
Amen? Amen. Thirdly, God returns and not keeps what is generously given away. While I'm giving this point, Bob, would you grab uh, a mic, sir? I'm going to have you share something today. I hope you don't mind. And uh, while you're while you're doing that, uh, let me let me just say that God, He, when you give to Him, He, it's not His intent to keep it. It's His His intent to bless it, multiply it, and give it back. Amen. So God returns it. And I want you to see in Luke chapter 9, verse 16 and 17, then he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed them, broke them, gave it to the disciples, set it before the multitude, and multiplied it. And then they all were they all ate and were filled. And, and, and get this, here's the what he gives back. Twelve baskets were left over. Twelve baskets. And now we're talking about two fish, five loaves, now 12 baskets. Sounds like a good return to me. Uh, Luke chapter 6 verse 38. Let's read this. I think I have it. Yes. It says give and it will be given to you. Give and it will be returned. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure pressed down shaken together and running over. Will men give unto you for with the measure that you use determining that will determine the the, the measure that it's measured back to you. Yes. So if you give little, you'll get little back. You give much, you'll get back much. Amen. Okay, that's what it's saying. All right, now, how do we get it back? This is where I think a lot of people get tripped up. Is a lot of people don't realize that God's currency and your currency might be two different kind of currencies. Let me, let me show you uh, just four ways that I believe that God returns back to us. Number one, through ideas. I believe that God will give us ideas that will uh, bring great return back to us. Some of you are sitting on an idea that you just won't follow through with. You're scared. You're scared. You're letting fear lead you rather than faith. I believe God puts witty ideas in people's minds and hearts that they need to follow through with. And if they'll just follow through with it, then they'll, they'll start taking steps. And, and, and it'll take some time, but you'll, you'll eventually see it flourish and, and produce in your life. You'll never know if you sit on it. But I believe ideas. Secondly, I think that God also gives opportunities. I think there are many opportunities that are out there that we're just not seizing. We're waiting for God to bring, uh, he, to bring uh, that return to us through, I don't know, maybe through the ravens coming and dropping it at our front doorstep or something, you know? We're waiting for some, somebody to come and say, hey, God's dealt with me and uh, to give you this or whatever. But no, God usually gives you opportunities. Yeah. And it's through those opportunities that God blesses you back and returns it back. Let me give you another one. And it's connections. I believe that relationships is key. Yeah. I think that sometimes God will connect you with one person to get you to maybe another or another or another to get you to what you eventually need to get. And it's through th that relationship that you end up with that God somehow 
blesses and multiplies and brings it back to you. Amen? Amen. Let me give you one more, and I believe this is key that we need to believe for because God wants us to believe for, and that's favor. That God just gives us favor. All right. All that said, I'm not trying to get anything out of you. I'm trying to get it to you. When we're all generous, everybody benefits. God's not trying to, he's not trying to keep. He's not trying to, he's not trying to subtract and he's not trying to curse you. He's trying to bless, multiply and return to you and I. Amen? Amen. But ideas, opportunities, connections and favor is what we need to start looking for. Bobby, come on up here, sir. Uh, I, I didn't know whether to call you or Vicky up here, and maybe y'all, if you want to step up and uh, jump in, Vicky, and some, if he maybe he misses something on this. <laughs> but a few years ago, I don't even know how long ago it was. A few years ago, you guys, uh, you guys are givers. You're generous. Uh, you're tithers, givers, and you guys wanted to get out of debt, and. Uh, and and it didn't just come, the money just didn't come. Yeah. It, it didn't just fall on your laps. Uh, can you tell us how maybe these four things, opportunities, ideas, connections, and favor worked on uh, your behalf and, and how, where are you all going? Why do you go? She's prettier than I am and she talks... <laughs> When she, when she talks, she, people listen more than me. But, uh, no. No, no, no. but um, 2016, the beginning of 2016, um, we, had, we had always kind of knew that that's what God wanted us to do is to get out of debt. Um, and, of course, we talked about it and would pray about it. And so January 2016, we... We, we had been eating at McAllister's Deli here in Tyler for years and years. I think they've been around since 90 or 91 or something. So we've eaten there, you know, forever and uh, get to know some of the people. So I just had this idea one day, we should maybe we should get part-time jobs. And I just thought we'd go to McAllister's all the time. We like their food, their tea. So I told Vicky, I said, why don't we see about getting part-time jobs at McAllister's and we'll just, we'll live off of her. We said, we'll live off of your 40-hour-a-week income and plus what we make at McAllister's, and I'll just put my entire 40-hour-a-week job money on the house, and we'll get the house paid off. And, of course, she said, yeah, that'd be that'd be fine. So uh, five days a week, we'd go in at 6 o'clock in the evening, work till they close about 10 o'clock, 10.30. So for 10 months, we worked, from, we worked five days a week, like I say, about four and a half hours a day in the evenings, and in 10 months, we got our house paid off. Now, now we didn't we didn't owe a whole lot on the house, but but you know just getting out from underneath the monthly payment of it was, and you know when when I when we thought about doing it I I didn't really think it would be that big of a deal, but when we got the house paid off we kind of quit for a while at McAllister's and then a few months went by and we went back and then we paid everything off we paid the we had a we had a couple of cars that had a little bit on and a credit card small credit card and so we paid everything off so. As, as of right now, we're completely debt free, and when and you know when when you think about it, it doesn't really seem like that big of a deal. But now that we're in that situation, 
just knowing the freedom that it gives you, just knowing that you're more, you, you know, when all of your check comes in and you don't have to spend it on anything, I mean, you know, of course our utilities and stuff like that, but it just is a, there's just a kind of a freedom to it. And we'll do, so we just kind of use that idea. Yeah, you want to say something? Awesome. Why don't you say something? It was awesome. Um, one thing that, um, that he had said, and one thing Pastor Marvin said, and when I was up here and we were exhorting during the worship time and, and we were talking about, or I, I made the mention of um, we're picking up our feet, we're moving. When I was sitting over here, Pastor Marvin, and you were speaking, I, I just I felt in my spirit go the whole mile. Just just pick up your feet and just continue walking. Just just continue walking, whether it's a, whether whether it's a whole mile, whether it's a million miles, whatever it is. And if you have to be a servant walking those miles, continue walking in that. Continue walking in what God has called you to walk in. And just the joy and the freedom and whatever comes at the end of that, just continue walking. Don't walk a block and say, I'm giving up. Don't walk like three quarters of the mile and give up. When you reach the end of that mile, you don't know what's at the end of that mile, what God has for you. So just continue walking. Keep walking it out. Amen. Before you head out, I left, I left purposely left some room here uh, because I think it's important that we understand uh, that, you know, this, anybody can do this. And I, and I believe, I believe with all my heart that God's not just singling out Bobby and Vicky. He's not just singling out a few people. I, I believe that he wants to do this for everyone. I, I, I think that ideas come. You said you guys were sitting there. You may not realize that I, I believe is a God idea. And let's speak to this for a moment because sometimes those ideas, those opportunities, those connections, that, those favor, sometimes you just get this thought, call somebody, and you don't even know why you're... And it's not that you're seeking money. You're just trying to be obedient, uh, a, a disciple's obedience, because you know the more blessed we are, the greater the blessing we can be, right? And, and, and so uh, let's speak to the idea for, for just a minute uh, of how, you, you know, people are struggling, I think, sometimes financially, but they're not looking for the supernatural aspect. They're not looking for God to uh, instruct them. Sometimes it's hard, mm-hmm. five days a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember those days, and I purposely kept you guys... Uh, responsibilities and, and, and is to a bare minimum during that 10 month period. And so, because I knew that you were under that, uh, that, uh, goal and, and I wanted to see you guys accomplish it too. But let's speak to the idea about, uh, you know, just recognizing, being sensitive, looking for God to speak to us. Uh, is it something that, uh, you guys maybe can speak to and, and, and talk, uh, tell us something in, from y'all's heart in regards to that? Um, I think first, um, I think first that your, of course, your motive has to be right. You know, if you're just doing it, um, if you're just doing it so I can make more money to go buy stuff, you know, if you're just doing it sort of a kind of a, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with us having stuff, but, but you know, you're, you're only going to get, I don't think, I don't think you're going to get as much help from God when your motive is to, you know, Especially if it's a little bit selfish, maybe, or stingy. Not that having good stuff is selfish um, or stingy, but you know, you, you kind of have to put God first in it. You know, there has to be, and that's w- w- with me and Vicky. We, 
you know, our first motive was let's get out of debt so we can give more to ministry, to church. Um, you know, the more, that, the more that we pour our lives into church, the better church is going to get. And the better church gets, then that doesn't just make it better for me and Vicky. It makes it better for everybody. It makes it better for you guys. It makes it better for people that aren't here yet. So that was our main motivation is, you know, so that we have more to give to God, to get more to the church and ministry and serve him. That's good. And, um, and when you do that, when you put him first, then he'll make sure you have stuff. I mean, Vicky and I, I mean, we, you know, we purposely have uh, put God first, and that's what been our motive first, and and we've we also have had things that we wanted. You know, uh, we prayed for a Corvette for twenty five years. You know, and um, and when and when we got to a point to where where it was easier for us to afford to buy one, then we would start looking. You know, but we don't we didn't ever get into a hurry and just jump out there and, and you know and do it do it recklessly. You you have to live beneath your means. You know, you can't make a hundred dollars a week and spend two hundred a week. It just doesn't. The math doesn't work, and it never will. Um, so you have to live under your means for a while. And you know, there may be a period of your life where it's a little tough and it's hard to live. Um, you know, I've told people before: turn your cell phone off, uh, turn your cable off, uh, stop going, ever, stop driving. You know, stop driving your car so much. You, if you don't have to go to the mall, then just don't go to the mall. You know, just eat some beans, and you know. You know, don't go out and eat. Eat, eat beans and eat beans and rice. You know, you know. Um, sometimes it's a little hard, but you know, it just depends on your situation. You know, um, me and Vicky, we've we've always been tithers. We've, we've always given. Uh, there's, you know, the, we've been here 24 years, and we've always given the first 10 percent of our income. And we've we have been times where we've wasted a little, probably, but. For the most part of our marriage, we've been married 28 years. And um, for the most of our marriage, we've been pretty smart with our money and just saved. And, and so, I mean, you see, you got to kind of, you know, again, you can't spend more than you make and just be smart with your money. But, Amen. but put God first. Amen. you have anything? I think God gives you more also. I think he gives you more than you expected when you went in. Like we, were, we went in to work thinking uh, we wanted to get out of debt uh, so that we could give more. But God gives us so much more. Like... These kids that work at McAllister's, uh, they love us. We love them. And it's just like we don't have any children, but it's just like we love these kids so much. And they ask us for advice, and they, they, we go in, and they love on us, and they, they, they just hug on us and tell us that they love us and things like this. And there's so much. There's, God gives you so much more than, than we're just going in to pay this off or we're just going in to get out of debt. God just follows that up with so much more than, than what we could have ever asked or thought. Amen. Thank you for letting me just call you out like this. 24 years of it, right? Love you guys. Bow your heads, would you?